0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We're doing this series called All I Want for Christmas Is You. And I've learned there is a love-hate relationship with Mariah Carey songs. Christmas songs. Some people love them. Some people hate them. How many of y'all are on Team Mariah? You're like, give me some of that Mariah Carey Because How many of you think that like, the best way to listen to a Mariah Carey song is to start playing it on Spotify, take your phone, put it in a plastic bag, and throw it in the Ohio River? Okay, so it's kind of split, right? Kind of split. Um, But when we're talking about all I want for Christmas is you, we think about what Christmas is often. It's it's this crazy busy time of year where everybody's focused on what they get, everybody's focused on the presents, everybody's focused on going and seeing the lights in Gallipolis and all this stuff. But then we remember that Christmas is really about Jesus. And it's more than just like the pithy, like, he's the reason for the season, guys. But like, Christmas is really about Jesus. So we're talking about worship. We're talking about the songs that we find in the Christmas story that have to do with worship. And we're learning how we can worship God more fully by looking at these Christmas songs. And Can anybody remember the first Christmas carol was written by... Mary. The first Christmas carol was written by Mary. Mary, a teenager, a pregnant teenager, a teen mom. We talked about that last week. Tonight, we're moving from the first one written by a teen mom to the second Christmas carol written by an angel of God. <laughs> kind of a big difference, right? Teen mom, angel of God. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, but as you're turning there, I want to ask you some questions. I don't know if you got to this in your tag tonight or not, but how would you define the term peace? There were some things that came to my mind when I thought of the term, you know, peace. The first is I thought about like, you know, the whole hippie peace, yeah you know, peace and love and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, you, know, you think about that. I also thought, you know, my, you know, me, my mind automatically went to, well, that is the title of a Taylor Swift song. And I don't, this may come as a surprise to you, but she wrote it about one of her ex-boyfriends. I know she doesn't usually do that. Like, other than that, that's not like her MO. That's not a common thing. That one's written about next boyfriend. Um, I also thought about like you know, when I when I thought about peace, I thought about just like people use it as a slang term. Like when when you are you know, you're like peace, you know it's a way to say goodbye to somebody. It can also be a way to kind of like snarkily say like get out of my life. You know, I'm done with this conversation, peace. You know, So, that's what it means. I looked it up on Google because, you know, we can Google anything, and I said, what, is Google, what, what does peace mean? According to Google, peace is freedom from disturbance. So, if that's the case, nobody has any peace because you can never find freedom from disturbance. How many of y'all have siblings? If you have siblings, you never, never, never have freedom from disturbance, do you? Right, how many of y'all have younger siblings? Yeah, you. Know. how many of you are the younger sibling that disturbs people? Okay, at least you're willing to be honest. So we talk about all the different kinds of peace, but then we think yeah, this song that you've heard the angels sing because everybody and their brother you know, talks about it during Christmas, it's glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Is there peace on earth? Is there peace on earth? I was thinking about a few things. You know, y- your parents and grandparents are obsessed with the news. You know, I don't. I don't I, it's it's a weird fascination. Like you can't do anything about it. Why should you? Anyway. Um, but um, yeah. You know, so the big news right now is that Russia is getting ready to invade Ukraine. Did anybody know that was going on? Anybody like like had a, had a few of you? Okay. Um, but then maybe there are some other things that you're familiar with. I kind of put some of these. Go to the next. You can go to the next uh so yeah, I, I kind of you know, put a few other things on here. This is a picture from some of the riots that are happening around the world. Like there are political riots. And sometimes we think of what is not peace, we think of something like that. Um, so there's not peace in the world, but then the qu- next question would be, is there peace in your world? Yeah, you know, I was watching the news and I, th- I feel like this news actually makes it to your Instagram feeds about how last week there was a school shooting in Michigan. Did y'all hear about that one? There's a school shooting in Michigan. Yeah. And then I got some messages last night and this morning about how there was a threat at a local school and that there were all kinds of, yeah, there was a, like a, a beefed up police presence at the school. And and when you think about that, when you have to do dri- you like lockdown drills, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you have to do lockdown drills, you're reminded that not it's not just the world out there that's not at peace it's like your world that's not at peace it reminded me of a christmas song um, that you know once again we sing all the time and it's written um it's called i heard the bells on christmas day has anybody ever heard that song god i heard the bells on christmas day it was written during the civil war by a guy named this is the greatest name ever okay ready Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I mean, this guy needs like I, this. This, uh, this guy's office is probably like smells like of rich mahogany and leather. Like Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, but he wrote this during the Civil War. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then he looked out his front window and saw people fighting in the Civil War, North against South, brother against brother, American against American. And he said, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I think if we're honest, the things we see on the news, lockdown drills you have to go through at school, just the general uneasiness that surrounds us sometimes is that we can almost agree with the incredibly named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, that in 2021, hate seems to be strong and it mocks this angel song that we're gonna learn about of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But I wanna share with you tonight that you can find peace. You can have peace in your life, even in the middle of a lockdown drill because you can have a relationship with Jesus. You know what another name that Jesus goes by that he's been given in the Bible? The Prince of Peace. So if you have your Bible, open up to Luke 2. It's like the quintessential Christmas story, right? Last week, we were in Luke chapter 1. Remember, Mary found out she was pregnant. She was engaged to this guy named Joseph. That's a problem. She's pregnant. You know, she and Joseph hadn't done the thing in health class that you talk about that you have to do to get pregnant. So, so they're trying. You know, the angel comes to her and says, "Hey, Mary, you've been visited by the Holy Spirit. You know, you're carrying the Son of God." Visits Joseph says, "Joseph, don't worry. Mary hasn't been running around on you with old with old Robert over there. You know, you know she's carrying the Son of God. You need to marry her and name this baby Jesus." You fast forward nine months, right? It takes nine months to pop out a baby usually. Um, some people do a little faster. Some people do. A slower. Nine months. Fa- fast forward nine months, and Joseph and Mary have to go on a road trip to Bethlehem. You know the story, right? They have to go on a road trip to Bethlehem. Mary's like, hey, I got to have this baby like right now. It's like something out of a movie, right? So they, they go to where they're going to be staying. There's no room for Mary to have a baby. Like, like that's like the most important thing, right? Uh, of, of needs, right? Having a baby. No word her. So she has a baby in, uh, um, in the, the cattle trough in the house. Really, we don't have time to get into, really interesting how that how that works. But um, you can go, the, I mean, not about having the baby, about, about where the baby was had. Yeah, they're, they're back. My, my wife's back. there heckling me. Somebody tell, some, well, on your way out, tell April to get right with Jesus. Um, so, but the, the next slide kind of shows what the house would have looked like. We did a whole lesson on this a couple of years ago. You can go to the Refuel app, go back and look. And we did a lesson on what, it, what the conditions were like when Jesus was born. So, that's the scene in Bethlehem. That's the scene in Bethlehem in this town is that Mary has, this, has Jesus. He's lying in a manger and the whole rest of the city, nobody knows that the son of God is literally laying right there in the city for anyone to see. On the outskirts of the city, you know how we have the city and then we have the outskirts. You got Barbersville and then you got the outskirts. Like I live on the outskirts. Like how many of y'all live, you don't live in a city. You know, you're like, like you're greeting for people or your words of care for people when they leave your house is watch for deer. You know, like, like, like go out to the country and you find these shepherds, right? And you know the story, they're, they're, they're in the field. It's a, it's a clear night. They're just watching their sheep. And What happens? I'll read it here. It says, they're watching their flock, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. We need to stop here and remind you that angels are not what we often think of angels we think of the, like these like renaissance era like 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 you know, leonardo da vinci type angels that have like these little wings and they're baby looking and they got these cute little bare butt cheeks like that you can see and they're just like floating around shooting people with arrows you know, and they're just these cute little angels every time you see an angel in the bible you know what the first per- pe- the, the person's reaction is it sees them it's fear they see an angel like ha. Huh! Because angels are portrayed in the Bible as mighty, fearsome warriors of God. That's why most of the time when an angel appears in the Bible, you know the first thing an angel says to a human when they come up in the Bible? They don't say hi, they say fear not, do not fear. Because angels are mighty warriors of God. So imagine you're a shepherd. You know how when it's dark you're freaking out about everything, right? You take the dog out for a poop in the middle of the night. You hear a crunch in the leaves, right? And you're like, that's a serial killer right outside my house, right? Um, Imagine you're in the, you're, you're, it's the middle of the night, and the angel appears, this fearsome, mighty warrior of God. So the angel says, Fear not. <laughs> you know, you know, Pick your jaw up off the floor, shepherds, because I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, that's the city that they can see from the outskirts of town, from these hills, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Then verse 13, and suddenly, you think an angel's scary. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. You know, every time you look up a heaven, the heavenly hosts in, um, in the Bible, it's, it gives the picture of the armies of heaven assembled for war. You read about them in Revelation. You read about them in some other parts of the Bible. Psalm 68, 17 says the chariots of God are twice 10,000 and the Lord is among them. Daniel seven, ten talks about the army of God and it says 10,000 times 10,000, meaning just more than you can count. Stood beside him. Deuteronomy 33 talks about God. And it says, with him tens, 10,000 times 10,000 holy angels. It's literally the army of heaven. And the way that the Bible describes angels is like something you could never imagine, especially from the Hallmark cards that we have in the little bare butt baby angels. So this army of angels assembles. Every time you've seen them in the Bible up until now, they're ready for war. They're ready to bring judgment And what do they do? This army sings a Christmas carol, sings a praise song to God. And we read about it. Sometimes we do a big portion of the Bible. Sometimes we zoom in on like a verse and tear it apart. Tonight we're zooming in on this verse and tearing it apart. This is what this fearsome army of the Lord sang. Verse 14, "'Glory to God in the highest, "'and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased.'" Very short song, like if I'm gonna have a concert by an army of angels, like I wish it would last. I want an encore, like I want more, right? Um, but that's, that's what they sing. This army of angels worships God, the newborn baby God, <laughs> I guess you could say, in a manger in Bethlehem to these shepherds. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. From that little praise chorus, I think there are four things that we can learn about worship, and we're going to kind of go through them not fast, but we're going to go through them quickly because we want to worship God tonight through music at the end. So the first thing that we learn about worship through this, this little section, this little song that these angels sang is that we worship God because he deserves the glory. He deserves all the glory. He deserves it. We worship God because he deserves it. Look at the first location of where they direct their worship. They say glory to God in the highest. Does that mean like the highest level of glory to God? No, it means a location. Oftentimes, this this word in the Bible is used to refer to the heavenly realms and like the spiritual realm. It's used to, to refer to like spiritual war, angels and demons, That's not just something you see on weird movies. The Bible says that's a reality. Ephesians 6 says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a spiritual war that we don't see going on. And Revelation chapter 12 describes that spiritual war. It started the moment God promised that he would send Jesus in Genesis 3.15. And it talks about how Satan had been lying in wait and was trying to at every stop stop God's plan of sending Jesus. Jesus He tried to stop it with Abraham He tried to stop it with the children of Israel getting them all turned around worshiping idols doing the wrong thing He tried to stop it when all the half the Israelites were sent in exile to Babylon He kept and kept and kept trying to stop this promise that God made and when Jesus was born It was a critical step in that promise that God made and it was a victory that God won over Satan. And these angels had the opportunity to watch this whole thing take place over thousands of years. And Jesus was born. God was winning the war. And they said, glory to God in the highest heaven. You could almost take this as a way of they're, they're poking the bear. They're kind of they they want to put Satan on blast and let him know that hey, look what God's doing. He's working exactly according to his promise. Glory to God in these heavenly realms and these unseen realms that we don't see but that are as real as the building that we're standing in. Glory to God. So here's the question, if angels who, I love this meme. I don't know if Jeff has this one. Jeff is our minister of memes. Like if you need a good dank meme, just like see him after, yeah, after we're done. And you know, he, he's got a stash that he'll, he'll whip out and show you. But you know, biblically accurate angels be like, be not afraid. And that's what they look like, right? If things like that are worshiping God, things like this should be worshiping God. Right, so, so God deserves the glory. The angels worship him. It says that even though the demons and Satan, they hate him, they have to be in submission to him. Everybody is obligated to worship God. We worship God because he deserves it. So the question is, what does worship become in our churches and in our youth groups and our own personal life? How sad is it that these angels who haven't been redeemed by Jesus like we have are always worshiping God. And we're more focused on scrolling through TikToks. So we worship God because he deserves all the glory. The second thing is we worship God because he brings peace to a broken world. Look at, remember we said, said, glory to God in the highest heaven. That's the first location of the praise. And then they move their focus of praising God. It says, and on earth, peace. When Jesus was born, he brought peace peace. And here's where, you know, we talked about what does peace mean. The meaning of peace in the Bible is so much deeper than just like having a quiet zen moment in the woods. When the Bible is describing peace, it's this Hebrew concept, this Jewish concept that you see through the whole Bible called shalom. Anybody ever heard that word? Shalom. Turn to the person next to you and say shalom. You just said something in Hebrew. You feel very intelligent now. Like, you feel very intelligent. Here's what Shalom meant several things to these these shepherds who were Jewish that were hearing this worship song. First, it was a greeting. If you were a Jewish person, and they, from what I've been told, they still do this today in Israel, that if you're walking and you want to greet someone, you can say, "Shalom." I was going to greet Judah, I'd say, shalom, shalom. Sometimes they say it twice, shalom, shalom. And that would mean saying, peace be upon you, blessings be upon you. It was a greeting. Isn't it interesting that the first words to the earth from this choir of angels, this host of heaven was, peace, a greeting. Who was sending the greeting? Could it have been Jesus? He's like, here, I'm on earth. God has come to earth, and his greeting is peace. His greeting is shalom, but it means more than that. It's not just a greeting. Shalom also means completeness. It's the opposite of harm. I feel like everybody, each one of us, there's there's a wound. There's something in our life that is still healing or we wish would heal, something that happened in our past, something that we think about ourselves or that, that, yeah, that, that we know about ourselves that we wish wasn't that way. Maybe somebody who abandoned us or, yeah, or, or something that we did to ourselves that we can't get over and we feel broken and we feel incomplete. This concept, this, this word shalom means the, the, the completeness and total healing, the sum of God's blessings. So it's not just a quiet moment. When the angel said peace, it meant the whole big ball of God's blessings be upon you. Hey, guys, this is church, okay? We don't want to be distracting other people from hearing God's word. So all these blessings be upon you. Peace to a broken world. We talked about how broken our world is. God is offering peace in the middle of that broken world. So that means like during the holidays, you know, Holidays, it's like a two-edged sword. Holidays are awesome if your life is going awesome. But holidays are terrible if your life is going terrible. Like if you're having family problems, you don't want to go through the holidays. Like, if your boyfriend or girlfriend just, like, dumped you, you don't want to go through the holidays. You're going to see pictures of everybody else with their boyfriend, everybody else with their girlfriend. You're going to see the pictures of your boyfriend with his new girlfriend, ex-boyfriend with his new girlfriend. The holidays can bring intense pain and remind us of the brokenness of our world. And Jesus says what? He says, peace, on, on earth, peace. We worship God because he brings peace to a broken world. It reminds me of this quote that Jesus said John quoted him in John 16 33 he said this he said in this world you will have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world you know Jesus was born during a time some of you may know this if you're history buffs it was called the Pox. anybody heard the Pox Romana Rome had conquered most of the world and they were it literally means the peace of Rome but everybody around realized that even though there was political peace, people's hearts weren't at peace. There was a guy, Greek names are awesome. If I have a son, I'm going to name him a Greek name. And this guy's name is Epictetus. You know, that's almost as good as Xerxes. Epictetus. He was a first century writer. He wrote during the times of Jesus. And this is what he said. He said, the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea he's unable to give peace from passion grief and envy he cannot give peace of the heart for which men yearn for even more than outward peace you can sit in front of your couch in front of your TV on the couch watch Netflix and eat ho-hos and ding-dongs all day and have peace around you but not have peace in here jesus offers real peace completeness restoration, healing. So we worship God because he brings peace to a broken world. We also worship God because he made peace available to us. Look at the end of that. It says, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Or some versions of the Bible say, goodwill toward men. It's a little Greek phrase, and apotrophes akoukalis. Say that 10 times fast, right? It literally means, and to people, God's favor. And what do we learn about what it means to please God? Well, Hebrews eleven six tells us this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So who, to who does this offer of peace extend? Who, who gets this incredible peace, this healing in the middle of a broken world? It's people that believe in Jesus. It's people that bring their brokenness and bring their sin to Jesus. And they say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I ask you to save me, and I trust that your death on the cross bought my freedom from sin. Isn't that good news? That this peace. In the middle of a broken world. Is available to anyone who believes in him. So we worship him because of that. Because he saved us. Because he's willing to save. And finally we worship God because it's contagious. We think a contagious is a bad thing. You know. <laughs> and everybody runs right. COVID right. Um, look at what happens after this incredible. Incredible praise session. By this host of heavens choir. Verse 15, it says, when the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. That means they got along. They were moving. They went with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby lying in a manger. But wait. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. You see what happens? The angels are praising God for this baby that was born, Jesus that was born. The shepherd's like, this is incredible. Did you hear that? Did you hear what they were saying? Let's go to Bethlehem and see Jesus for ourselves. And they went and they saw Jesus for themselves and they worshiped him. And then you know what they did then? They're like, hey, we need to tell more people about Jesus. So they went around to the city, waking people up in the middle of the night, saying, hey, you gotta come see Jesus. Do you see the worship of the angels? caused the shepherds to go see Jesus. The worship of the shepherds caused people around to go see Jesus. And when you worship Jesus, even in the middle of your brokenness, in the middle of a broken world with, 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 with uh, threats at school and with riots and with homework deadlines that keep creeping up on you, and when you worship God in the middle of that, you're becoming contagious to those around you. And you're pointing them to someone who can heal their brokenness just like he's giving you peace in your brokenness. Worship is contagious. Worship is the greatest way to win people to Jesus by simply living a life that's pleasing to God and telling others about him. So we find peace when we worship the Prince of Peace. So real quick, (laughs) we got F-words tonight. It's been too long. We got F-words tonight. How do we find the peace of God through worshiping Jesus? The first one is fake. The first one is fake. What has worship become to you? Is, this is not a question that only you can answer and only I can answer for myself. Has my worship become fake? Has worship become in my life more of like a routine? More of like a genre on the radio that I turn on? More of like a show and a tingly feeling? More of a way to glorify myself. I don't always agree with everything he writes or says, but there's a a writer named John Piper who has a quote that he's kind of famous for that I think applies here, and this is what he says. That God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. That's what worship is. Next one is fractured. Had to work hard on that F word, but fractured. Is your life broken? Is it fractured? I think we'd all admit there are certain areas of our life where we have sin in our hearts or we're affected by the sins of other people, and it's left us broken. You know, those drills that you have to do in school, they bring like, deep anxiety to you. Like like th- your grade situation or the situation with your parents? Is, is, is chronic and it's bad and it's, it's getting worse. What's the brokenness that's in your life? I want to encourage you when we have this time where we sing and we end our night with worship to bring the brokenness in your life to the Prince of Peace. The next F word is the word faith. I got to ask. I'd be wrong if I didn't ask this every week. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that your name is in God's book of life? Do you know that your sins have been forgiven by the cross of Jesus? Has there been a time in your life where you put your faith, where you put your trust, where you believed in Jesus? Tonight, while we're gathered here in the front, singing softly to the Lord, maybe tonight you need to give your belief to Jesus, give your trust to Jesus, give your life to Jesus and know that you're saved. If you have questions about that, It didn't totally make sense and click with you and you want to know for sure that you're saved. Please talk to me or talk to one of your tag leaders tonight before you leave. Um, We'd love to kind of pray with you and and, and direct you kind of in the right direction. And the final one. It's three F's for the price of one. (laughs) Sounds kind of weird, right? Friends, family, and foreigners. Let others see Jesus by living a lifestyle of worship. How much of Jesus do your friends see in your life, in the way that you live your life? And that's, that's tough. It gets more difficult, though. How much of Jesus does your family see by the way you live your life? That one might hurt in the morning. That you might leave a mark. Then how much, when I say foreigners, I don't necessarily mean like, like foreigners. Like... Um, That may come across a little insensitive, right? Uh, I don't mean people from other countries. What I'm talking about is people that you don't know, people who are foreign to you, the people at the gas station, the people people at the gym, the people that you just kind of bump into at the mall. Does the way that you live your life point them to Jesus? We have an opportunity with these backpack kids to just simply by going, some of you, this is the greatest thing ever, by going shopping. (laughs) That's your spiritual gift is shopping. By going shopping, you can point these kids to Jesus. For some of you, by giving up a week of your summer to serve the Lord in the Dominican Republic, you can point kids in the Dominican Republic to Jesus. For some of you, just by showing up at that family gathering that you hate every Christmas and being kind and loving and compassionate to your family, you can point them to Jesus. So we're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing together. Uh, So if you'll bow your head and close your eyes and if if you're one of our musicians tonight, if you'll kind of start making your way up to the front um, as quietly as you can and, and taking your place, um, as, as they're getting in place, I want to I ask you those questions. What does worship become to you? Is there an area of your life that's, that's broken? Is there an area of your life that, apart from God working in it, it's just not going to happen? I want to ask you tonight that as, as you come forward, Give your your brokenness to Jesus. I truly believe some of the sweetest acts of worship that are ever poured out to God are poured out from people that are at some of the lowest places in their life, that are in some of the tightest spots they've ever been in, that have more anxiety than they've ever had before, but despite that, they still lift their hands up to God and they entrust God with difficult and impossible situations. Bring your brokenness to God tonight as we worship. So if you'll join me, come on up to the front. Find a place up here in the front. Find a place to sit down. We're gonna sing together. So if you all just come up, come on up to the front, take a moment, come on up to the front. You can open your eyes, of course. Don't run into anybody. We're gonna sing the song together and then we're gonna be dismissed. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to adopt a backpack kit. So come on up to the front, uh, band take us home. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the app store on any mobile device.